The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good morning. This morning we're looking at Psalm 23. And it's one of those all-time famous psalms, isn't it? Many of us love this psalm. It's this amazing prayer and song of trust in God. And that's what we're thinking about this morning. We're thinking about trusting God. Um, and it might be particularly relevant at this time when some of the other things that we trust in have really come into question recently, haven't they? And been shaken. And maybe even our faith in God has been a bit shaken by recent events. So we're thinking about trusting in God this morning. Let's just start with a little bit of context then. So uh, this psalm is generally acknowledged was written by David and it was written when he was on the run for his life. King Saul was trying to kill him. And I think that's just really helpful to remember that actually this was written by a real man in some really difficult circumstances. In fact, his life up till this point has been a real roller coaster. He was born bottom of the pile in his family, last in a long line of sons. He was a shepherd, not great job prospects. He killed a giant. We all know that story. He was anointed by one of God's prophets to become the next king of Israel. He finds favour with the current king. He falls out of favour with the king and finds himself on the run for his life. It's been a real roller coaster for David, and actually his life continues to have all sorts of highs and lows to it, even after he becomes king of Israel. And this is so often our experience as well, isn't it? That life is a bit of a roller coaster sometimes. It has its highs and its lows. It's just part of our human experience. And maybe that's been intensified recently. I know it has for me, those highs and those lows have come much closer together over these last few months. We've talked about riding the Corona coaster, haven't we? Which I think is just such a great way of describing what it's been like at points over these last few months. And so we're thinking about trusting in God through the highs and the lows this morning. And I thought it was quite interesting actually that this psalm follows that pattern. It follows a high, low, high pattern. We start off in this amazing high of rest and relaxation and peace by the streams of quiet water, the green pastures. And then we go down into the valley of deepest darkness. And then we come up the other side into a place of great anointing and blessing and provision. And so we're going to follow the psalm through that high, low, high structure this morning. And we're going to have a look at three of the ways in which David trusts God through the highs and the lows. So first of all, let's start right at the beginning. 
the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I want. What an amazing thing to be able to say. And it gets translated in all sorts of different ways. Um, nothing will be missing. I lack nothing. I have everything I need. We're going to start with that this morning. And I want to share a picture with you that I took back at uh, the end of March. This may bring back a few memories for you. I took our son Theo to the supermarket because like lots of people, I thought we needed to uh, stock up, <laughs> put a few extra things in our kitchen cupboards because I knew that the lockdown was coming. And of course, when I got there, I found that half the shelves were already empty. Theo thought it was marvellous, but suddenly the supermarket had become one giant climbing frame and immediately started climbing around inside all the shelves. And I just had to stop and, and capture that moment because it was a little bit shocking. I'd never seen anything like that before. It just felt like a significant moment. And putting aside any sort of judgment on the whole stockpiling issue, um, I just think it's a really powerful image of what life can be like when we live out of that place of scarcity, out of a place of lack, there isn't enough because that is actually so often our default position, isn't it? Or is that just me? I can't actually read, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need, without all sorts of questions and objections instantly rising up in me, like, what about this thing over here that I feel like our family needs and we don't have? Or what about that relationship that I lost back there and I really, really miss that person? Or uh, what about these people over here who I know don't have enough food? It very quickly moves from the personal into more kind of corporate communal questions, doesn't it? What about everybody in India, all these families in India that are losing everything they have right now because of all the flooding? To say I have everything I need, actually, it flies in the face of a lot of what the world says to us what our culture tells us and even what our own broken hearts tell us sometimes as well and perhaps even more so at this particular moment in time because we've been faced by scarcity and lack on all sides recently haven't we it's kind of been in our faces a lot more than usual so we had those few weeks where there was lack of food, lack of toilet paper, the supermarket shelves emptied and there were certain things we just couldn't get hold of. Lack of PPE, that was a serious problem that really affected people's lives and jobs. Lack of income, many people are experiencing a loss of income at the moment or losing their jobs. And I think because we're experiencing this lack and this scarcity more than perhaps we normally would. This is why this is such an important, powerful prayer for us at the moment. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And actually, it's key, it's the key, isn't it, to entering into that amazing picture of rest and peace that David gives us at the beginning of the psalm. It's only when we trust that God provides, that we can actually lie down in green pastures for a bit. I believe the Hebrew word for lie down is more like sprawl out, flop down on the grass. We can only sprawl out in the green pastures 
and enjoy some time beside the quiet waters when we trust that God is going to provide what we need and we don't have to scrabble around doing that every minute of every day. One thing I couldn't get enough of, especially during the lockdown, were the stories of people loving their neighbours. I had one customer who regularly comes to my store who, when she found out that all my toilet paper suppliers still had plenty to spare at the times when all the supermarkets were running out, she came and made a massive bulk order with me for toilet paper because she was planning on just leaving it on the doorsteps of most of the people in her street because she knew how many people were struggling to get hold of it. I just loved all those stories that in this time of scarcity, we suddenly had this kind of fresh understanding. We rediscovered the importance and the joy of loving our neighbour, didn't we? And joining in with God in that work of providing and making sure everybody has what they need. In my work, I do quite a lot of reading around issues of sustainability. Bit of a buzzword at the moment, isn't it? And basically, at its simplest, sustainability is it's just about learning to live within our means so that everybody has what they need and so that all life on Earth can thrive. And we like to think this is something we've just come up with, I think. But actually, um, it's this is built into the fabric of the earth and the way God created things. I'm not an expert by any means in sustainability, but what I've read from the people who are the experts is that actually there is enough for everybody. If we use what we have justly and wisely, there is more than enough food to go around. There would be enough clean water for everybody. There's enough space for everyone to thrive and have what they need. And I just share that because for me personally, that really helps me trust in God as provider, knowing that actually he's kind of worked that into the fabric of creation. And we see that it's rooted in the Bible as well. Back, Going back to the Old Testament law, there's so much in there about making sure everybody has what they need, about making sure that the rhythms of the land are respected so that it keeps fruitful and stays fruitful for everybody so that people can't stockpile those and other people don't have enough. It protects against a um, big gap between rich and poor. It's all in there, woven into the fabric of God's laws. And so there's a challenge, isn't there, for us, not only to trust him as provider for ourselves and for those around us, and to pray out of that place of trust, but to work with God as well and do what we can to make sure other people are provided for, to keep loving our neighbours in that way as well. So let's move now from this high, this place of rest and trust and peace down into the valley of deepest darkness. And again, this gets translated in various ways. Um, valley of the shadow of death, darkest valley, dark and dreary land, the one that speaks to me personally the most is the Valley of Deepest Darkness. And it reminds me of this game that we used to play as children. Um, we used to have this game called Mind Trap. I wonder if anyone else had that. And it was basically just a whole load of questions that were designed to catch you out. And you had to really think around the question and think very logically in order to answer them correctly. And one of the questions I remember was this one. Um, 
which always used to catch us out, um, which was which animal can see best in total darkness? Fox, badger, bat, had all this list of animals. And of course, the answer is that none of those animals can see in total darkness because in total darkness, there's no light at all. Nothing can see anything. And that can be our experience going into the low points in life, can't it? Things get really dark and it can be really hard to see the way ahead, to see anything clearly, to see ourselves clearly. And that can be really scary. These low points in life can be really, really scary. And it's often at these points, isn't it, when the world, and maybe even our own hearts, start to question whether God is there, start to question whether he even exists at all. And yet we see in this psalm, David's trust that God isn't just there, but that he's right there with him in the darkest moments. And actually, there's quite a subtle shift in the way he addresses God in this moment. So in the first part of the psalm, he talks about God as he. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. But as we move into the valley of deepest darkness, he starts talking to God as you. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's a sense of growing closeness, in fact and intimacy in the dark times. And that can be really hard to trust when we're in it. There's no denying that. And sometimes we don't know it really until we come out the other side and we have the benefit of hindsight. But I know that many of us here in Christchurch, and it's the experience of so many believers across the years, is that often it is in those low points in life and in the dark places that we come closer to God, actually, that he draws close to us. Sometimes it's when we're on our knees because we've got nothing left to do but pray or because we're simply too tired and broken to keep standing on our feet. Often it's in those moments when we come face to face with Jesus because he's already there on his knees, washing our feet, interceding for us, and praying for us. And so there's a call for us here from this psalm to trust that God is with us in the dark times, to trust that for ourselves and to trust that for those around us as well. It's a really powerful way that we can trust God. It's a powerful prayer we can pray. Simply, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And I think it's just as a slight aside, I think it's quite interesting to note in this psalm that David walks through the valley of the shadow of death, through the valley of deepest darkness. He walks through that, but it's in the green pastures and it's at the table at the feast where God makes him lie down, invites him to sit and to stay. I think that's a really good indication of God's heart for us. Those are the places he has prepared for us. Those are the places he wants us to be in. Sometimes we have to walk through the dark times, but we know that he is with us in that. We can trust in that. And so that leads us into the final section of the psalm, 
we had these amazing pictures of a feast and anointing with oil of the cup overflowing with blessing, dwelling in the house of the Lord. And these are all pictures of really amazing, extravagant love, favour, blessing that is poured out on David here. And it expresses a deep trust in a God that is not only with us, but who is for us as well, whose grace and favour and blessing is on us. And not just in some theoretical way either. If we look at the psalm, God is at work through the whole psalm, actively at work for David's good and for our good. He is making David lie down. He's restoring, leading, guiding, comforting, preparing, anointing, pursuing. He's actively at work through the highs and the lows. And that's something we can trust as well, that God is actively at work in our lives for our good, that he is for us in the highs and the lows of life. And I think especially at a time like we're in now where it's really easy, maybe even more easy than normal to look around and notice everything that seems to be against us, all these things that seem to be working against us and making life difficult at the moment. It's particularly important then to know that God is for us, that he is actively at work for us. And I'm sure we've all got stories actually of times in our life when we've been totally bowled over by the goodness of God towards us, where we've had those moments of knowing just how much he loves us, experiencing that amazing favour and grace poured out on our lives. And this is the good news, really, isn't it, that we have to share with people that God is for us, that he loves us. This is what Jesus came to show us, how much God the Father loves us, how much his favour is on us, how he works through all things for our good. And so we can share those stories with people. And it's it's just so important at this time isn't it? To share those stories, to encourage each other, because sometimes we need encouraging, and to share the good news that we have with other people as well. So let's just finish up then. When life is a roller coaster, because it is a points for all of us, I think we can take comfort actually knowing that we're in really good company. Look at the life of David who wrote this psalm. Look at Joseph, Moses, Job, Ruth, Esther, Mary, Paul. The list just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? And in this psalm, we've seen three ways that David trusts God through the highs and the lows. And it's a call to us to trust God in those ways as well, I think, this morning. To trust, firstly, that he provides, that he provides everything we need. Secondly, to trust that he's close to us, even in the dark times, he is close to us. And thirdly, that he is for us and that he's actively at work in all things through the highs and the lows for our good. So let's go into this week sharing those stories we have that help us to trust and to know all those things about God and to share the good news that we have with those around us as well.